the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the Superiority Complex, everybody. Your new favorite podcast. We are all, the gang's all here separately, you know, keeping that social distancing, guys. Please do it. We're not through this yet, even though a bunch of you think we are. Nope. I've been on my Instagram. Been on my Instagram feed. You wouldn't know there's a pandemic. Everybody's just hanging out. No masks. Drinking. Going out. They don't care, man. What's that noise back there? Who's talking? I don't know. Sandy. Sandy, is that your Sandy, is that your sister? So that's her teacher. Because it sounds like it's not Sandy. Oh, is that Sandy's teacher? Mm-hmm. No. Hi, Sandy's teacher. Which what, what, what class think, is it? Uh, I don't think they can hear us, Mario. They can't hear us, Mario. Let's listen in. What class is it? Uh, I don't know. Steel. I that was very shot. I, I don't know. It's uh, I have no clue. I, so, I think it's Steel. Oh, it's Sandy's talking to her teacher. Mm-hmm. Tell Sandy to move to a different room. She's not on the podcast. <laughs> that was a great uh, slow build. Well, oh, I get it. How, I was how about she moves to another room? <laughs> Yeah, it was all nice. Tell the teacher I said hi. What class is it? Yep, she needs to move. Get her out of here. Well, you know, I'm trying to do it tactfully. Oh, guys, it's... That was very very dignified. It's still hot. California's burning. There's still disease. It's crazy out there, guys. Crazy. I hope you guys are all well. Everybody have a good week? Everything's going wrong. Just the West Coast. World's on fire. What can you do? We got hurricanes coming. Entire West Coast is on fire. Hurricanes coming down the uh, down the down the uh, up or up the up up the go up yeah. towards Florida. So yeah, it was it was uh, in the LA Times today. Apparently, our smoke set all the way to Europe. No Europe. shit, really? No shit, yeah. It's crazy. well, you've got the the entire West Coast on fire. I guess everyone's going to eventually get some of that. Yeah, guys. Smoke. Speaking of which, time for public service announcement. Rake your leaves, please. Rake your leaves. Uh, obviously, rake your forest. Rake your forest. No, rake your forest. Obviously, th- we that. Gotta do, yeah. We got to do controlled burns again. Hmm. The only way. I'm gonna region fireworks are illegal in Southern California. I'm going to give you a, a controlled Indian burn. How about that? Hey, remember those? <laughs> wow, man, those hurt. Hertz donut. That's another one. <laughs> Those hurt. Oh. hurt like Would you like a Hertz donut? Man, boy, it sucked. <laughs> Whoever thinks they want to be a kid again, try to remember all that stuff. Hertz donuts yeah. and wedgies. and I mean, if, if you're giving them, it's one thing. Sandwiches. Oh, it's fine if you're giving them. What's a Hertz donut? <laughs> you would just go. When you get a hit and they go, Hertz donut. You would go, have you ever had a Hertz donut? <laughs> no. Pow. Hertz donut. Uh, I guess the really obviously do that. wasn't bullied. Yep. That's a, no, that's and then, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, a bunch of Neanderthals. It didn't even. You didn't girls have to do be, it. You didn't girls have to do it mentally. Yeah, girls. Mentally girls just go. Mm, oh, I like what you're wearing, and then just you're like, oh, did you mean to wear that today? 
Yeah. Or you walk by and you go, cute shoes. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget. <laughs> what catty bitches. I'll, I'll never forget in like in the, like eighth grade, I thought somebody gave me for Christmas, I got a like Nike like track suit, like right? And I thought to myself, mm-hmm. I'm going to look so good. I'm going to look like super <laughs> hip hop. I'm gonna look like super hip hop. I'm, I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> I'm gonna look I'm like oh no, it's okay you. to laugh at me. It's okay to laugh at me. I wear this thing. I wear this thing. I think I'm looking fly. I'm looking fresh. I'm looking dope. And uh, I wear this thing to school. First class. This girl. I don't even know her name. This girl just races like I remember. I'll never forget. She was sitting there with like her her her. <laughs> Like leaning her 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 cheek on her on her fist, like just leaning on the desk. I walk towards her and I make eye contact, thinking, "Oh yeah, she she'll notice me." She looks up at me. She cocks one eyebrow and says, "Nice tracksuit." And that was it. I was like, for the rest of the day, I was like, <laughs> "I look like an idiot." That it. That I never wore that again. <laughs> That's too great. Mm. <laughs> Kids are the worst. Kids Man, I thought I was. I thought I was. I thought I was looking good. I thought I was looking good. I thought Hitler said. Like Hitler said, what? Hitler said, "Give me a kid when he's five. I got him for life." You know. So oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh man, uh, post postscript to that tracksuit. Uh, I mm-hmm. I ended up. I did wear it again. <clears throat> And the next time I wore it was the last time because it was a rainy day. And uh, in the middle of our quad, there was a, a a tile, a tile mosaic, like a Spanish tile mosaic of our school mascot. And it was raining and water had collected. And for whatever reason, which I never I had never done this before and I certainly never did it again, I decided to cut across the quad because I was late for class. And I decided to run through the, the the dead center, and I hit the the mascot, and my feet slid, and I landed in a puddle. And of course, wearing a tracksuit, it's like a giant sponge, right? It's like a it's just I just soaked Especially in. Especially if it's velvet. It, yeah, no, it wasn't velvet. It was like that. It was like still. It was before tracksuits were like nylon, but they were still like they were still like a, like a like a, they were like sweat pant material, but really nice, like brushed cotton. You know what I mean? I mean, this thing was nice, but uh, yeah, I ended up just soaking up all the water like a giant sponge and walking around wet for the rest of the day. So uh, that was the end of that tracksuit. Just so you know, tales of the uh, tales of, of me trying to be like super hip hop in eighth grade. There you go. How's that? <laughs> Wait, were you wearing a bucket hat too? No, I was not wearing a bucket hat. Did not have a bucket hat. Oh, come on. Cool. Did, did not, I was not cool enough to wear like a Kangol or anything like that. I was not... In the uh, there was a there was a thing like when I was in sixth seventh grade of all the kids who wanted to be break dancers, we wore like a foreign legion hat. It was like a hat with a little flaps that came down in the back, looked like a cap in the front, mm-hmm. and then that was like a little trend that hit our school. I don't know if it hit anywhere else, but at our school, that was a thing. I had one of those. Then you know what we would do? We would tuck the flaps up underneath, so you're just wearing a baseball cap. What the hell? What? What? Eighties man. It's like eighty four. What's going at that? You want the option? It's like eighty three. Yeah, yeah. We'll put the little flaps down. A little foreign legion cap. I wonder. I wonder if I could still find one of those. 
I'm gonna look. Put your flaps down. Somebody, somebody, Google that. See if I can find a foreign yeah, legion cap. Everybody, put your damn flaps down. Yeah, hey, put your flaps down, buddy. <laughs> so that's my that's my big story at the top. If you're just joining us now, I uh, I look like a dork in eighth grade. Uh, guys. <laughs> Can you wear that tracksuit for Halloween this year? Just get another. I found it at my mom's, and I took a picture of it. She still had it. I found wow. it when we were when we she were. Thought it was funny. What, yeah, she, she probably thought it was hilarious. hilarious. When we moved out, when we moved my mom's stuff out of out of when she was remodeling, I actually dug up. I think she kept the sweater portion of it. I think she kept it for herself. You know what I mean? Because in eighth grade, I would have wore like. <laughs> like a like a medium or something so it was probably like her size so she kept it i didn't i don't think i found the sweats but i found the the sweatshirt my mom had it for years she would wear it so she looked pretty fresh and fly and we all know my mom's a big beastie boys fan so that was kind of her kind of her tribute to the uh mm -hmm, to uh to the licensed ill years um yeah man yeah i thought i was looking like i was ready to go on tour with run dmc so that was your version of the Wonder Years. Oh, <laughs> I remember I'll, it like it was yesterday. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget that. Nice tracksuit is what she said. She loved it. She, she so truly loved cold. it. No. Did she, she say nice tracksuit or did she say nice threads? She might have said nice threads. Well, it's very 80s if it's nice threads. I think she might have said yeah. nice threads. She had, you know what? She had a really pointy nose. And, John, years later you said something. And it always reminds me of that girl. Uh, when you said that Ray Davies, they they played a concert, and uh, and 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 they were opening for the Beatles, the Kinks were opening for the Beatles, and uh, John Lennon said something snotty, but in the in the book he wrote, he looked down the end of his magnificent nose. Didn't he say that? Is that the quote, John? Is that what I'm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he cocked his head back and looked down at at the end of his long, elegant nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly and what he says. And then what he says is, uh, he says, um, "You're just warming him up for us." You know? <laughs> <laughs> mm. No wonder everyone loves uh, the Beatles. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that's my little story. That's my little uh, my little story. Uh, I'm, if you don't think I'm reliving the embarrassment right now, like I don't feel like my cheeks aren't flushed, you are wrong. You ever you ever relive mm -hmm. those? You guys ever relive embarrassing moments throughout the day? Anybody Never, do that? Always. Yeah. You say something and yeah, then I live my head. Do any of you? No, me, let me. I stuff that I forgot when I was working that I forgot to get somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. You're, so you're like in the middle like of the night. PTSD. You're like ranch for table seven. Shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot the ranch. I will Son do. Of a bitch. I will do this sometimes. I will start to think back of something I said that was embarrassing during the day, like. You know, I'll talk to something or say something or, you know, something I regret or, you know, I will literally, if it's in my head, I will say something out loud just to make it stop. <laughs> Does anybody mm -hmm. ever do that? Like to interrupt my own train of thought. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And usually, it's like, nope. usually nope, what I nope, say nope. is what I wish I would have said. I will utter those words out loud. You know, like if yeah. I, like if I said, uh, you know. Like if I if I made a, a faux pas about Patrick or something, and I said I inadvertently insulted him, and I said Patrick, you look very fat today, or something, instead of saying you look very flat or something stupid like that. Let's just use it. No one would ever what? say that. No one would ever say that. You but just that's me fat. I know. No one would ever say that. But <laughs> that's an example. Hey, so my bosom is ample. Okay, don't don't insult my bosom. Yeah. So what I what was you meant was. What's a uh, P H A T fat? Yes, and so what I'll do is I'll be thinking of that in my head, and then I'll just go fat. fat. 
I'll just go flat like that just to kind of get myself to stop thinking of it to make the embarrassment go away. That's a little thing <laughs> I do. Not crazy at all. That's not crazy at all, is it? I do that sometimes. I just no, blurt out what you're sitting at the dinner table. Well, think about it. When you're when you're when you're thinking about these things, it's when it's quiet, when you have time alone, and that's usually in the shower. So if if someone walks by outside, they might hear me blurt out a no, you know, or a you know, don't say Get that. Get the chopper. Get to the chopper. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna, I am gonna. don't mind telling an embarrassing story about myself. Look, I wasn't always this hip and cool. You know what I mean? Uh, there was a time. <laughs> I mean, uh, my favorite's always when you can't remember something, and then like four hours later, it suddenly hits you like a freight train. Uh, like, Mother. The uh, worst. Cool. The worst. You Every worst. time. Or you think about it when you absolutely don't need the information anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you're just like, why, why does this matter now? When yeah. it doesn't matter anymore. You know? Yeah. Well, when you get older, as, uh, as John and I have found out, that information gets harder and harder to to uh, to pull out on demand. You just can't. Uh, you got to really think about it. Sometimes you got to ramp up your thinking. That just never comes back. Sometimes- you know what you got to do. It's like because what's the story? It's like uh, at a certain age, your brain cells only can hold up so much. So if you're learning new stuff, the other stuff's going out the backside, right? It's all yeah. <laughs> getting pushed out your ears or mm-hmm. something. That's right. Sherlock, like and Sherlock Paul. Our friend Paul once said, you know, there's something really important that you should remember, but I can't make it in because you still remember Groucho's birthday. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually that could be important one day. All those movie quotes. You forgot you forgot your mom's birthday because, you know, you you got Groucho's real name stuck in there. somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. But it's, it's true, though, because you do, especially as you get older. Uh, it's harder to retain. I don't remember phone numbers, John. There was a time when you used to you used to have to remember. I could re- rattle off forty or fifty phone numbers of people, friends, and family. You just knew their number. And now yeah. it's like I don't yeah. even. I was trying to find out. Uh, I was trying to get somebody's number that I should have the other day, and I was like, I, I have no idea what this is. And then my daughter I've her, never been. Yeah, I never been good at like my old house number and stuff. My daughter, her best friend, her and her best friend, they. My daughter got a new phone, and she's like, oh, I need my friend's number. I'm like, you don't have that number memorized? She's like, no, I just text her. I don't know the number. Like, oh, my gosh, it's yeah. so yeah. weird. You know, but I but guess. You, never, you don't need to know anymore. Yeah, no, you Why? do. You do need to know. You, you, you need fancy computer. You have a calculator. You right. fancy computer can't you what the number is. You the always. The number you need to have memorized is, like, your your emergency contact, your spouse, or whoever, like, you're going to call when you're in that sort of situation. You do need yeah, math because. I that all the time where they were like, you're not going to have a calculator on you all the time. You need to know which, how to do these equations. Which is horrible because I know Justine's number, but she doesn't know mine. Well, that goes, I mean, that kind of goes, that's par for the course, don't you think? It's oh like, yeah, I mean it, it's not it's not a surprise. It's like you know her birthday, but she doesn't know yours. Like she just finds it on Facebook and is yeah. like, oh shit! I get that notification. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every year at the same day or like a week before, she, we get the present. Part of that group text chain that somebody else wished me happy birthday, and you're just like shit. She just keeps presents on hand. She yeah. And then I do that Amazon quick delivery. Yes. Oh, your thing's on yeah, the way, but it's coming tomorrow. And you're like, all right, I want it same day. Mm. Prime now. Prime now. Uh, 
All joking aside, Justine does really good jobs at birthday presents. I know she, you guys are great gift givers. I'm not going to lie. Uh, uh, you know, everybody on the everybody on the podcast crew is a great gift giver. It's really weird. I've never. You guys are good. If you guys always remember things that people say, and I'm bad at that. I just because we do like I literally forget what we said on the podcast, and then I'm re-listening to it like 20 minutes later to edit, and I'm like, oh, we talked. About, oh yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> um, but like John said, you know, you, I'm retaining new information. I'm retaining old all this old information. I got to remember every episode. Something's got to go. Yeah, I got to remember yeah, every episode of <laughs> Get Smart. Yeah. So I can't, sorry, I can't remember your birthdays. But uh, anytime we have a birthday, <laughs> John has always been a great gift giver, and you guys always knock it out of the park with each other, and it's always, it's a, it's a nice group to be a part of, because then I come in with my with my gift cards. I'm like, here you go, here's 20 bucks to... Uh, <laughs> no, that's not true. Here's $20 hey, to... You, you come up with some really cool stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Here's $20 to a restaurant uh, that doesn't exist. Yeah, I almost cried when you gave me my record. What? what was it? It was um oh, oh like Eagles Dare. Where Eagles Dare? There you go. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so random, and I love it. There's a record. See? Yeah, no, I give you. Here's twenty dollars to Ruby Tuesdays. They're only in the Bay Area, but you'll uh, <laughs> next time you're up there, you'll really enjoy. It. <laughs> Um, excuse me. I want a gift card to Rubio's. Thank you very much. Uh, do you guys ever? It doesn't happen as much because I don't watch cable as much as I used to. But back when I'd watch a lot of sports on cable, you'd get restaurants chains that aren't around here, and you'd be like, "Where is this restaurant? What is this place? Uh, what is it like? Uh, JoJo's Pizza? Is that one of them? Is it JoJo's Pizza? Golden Corral. Golden Corral. But yeah. there is one now. There is one Golden Corral up by um, the Twin Pines Mall. Uh, there's a Golden Corral. Yeah, but there yeah. wasn't one for like yeah, the longest for a year. Time. Yep, and Ruby Tuesdays was another one of those. It's like Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah. That looks just as crappy as TGI Fridays. So it's got to be some other version, some other state's version of of TGI Fridays. Yeah, like Ruby Tuesdays. So, but uh, Joe like Hardee's. <laughs> yeah, well, Hardee's or, is Hardee's is Carlos Junior. It's just past the Rockies. I think is what. Or freaking Arby's. Yeah. Like seeing one of those anywhere is like the fuck. Oh, a Hardee's or. Arby's or or Roy Roy Rogers. That's another one. Oh, there's an Arby's you right. Know you're there's an Arby's about a mile from my house. Or like if you're uh, from Northern California, me. you see AWs all over the place. Oh yeah, we're near the same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dumb dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same Arby's you and I were talking about. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> right by your work. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, A and W used to be huge down here. As a matter of fact. Right down the street from where I live now, before the freeway was there, when we used to farm out this way, there was an A and W on the across from the orange groves right there. John, do you remember that off of Imperial Highway there? And I guess it would be, I guess it's that would be Fullerton right there. Uh, do you remember that? That there was an uh, there was an A and W not far from where that video store you worked at when I was a kid. There was one just a couple blocks. That's from That's video right, store. and then there was a Tasty Freeze. For a little while, yeah. It was a um, uh, Foster Freeze. Well, Foster's Freeze—that's another one. Then there was Tasty Freeze. We had Tasty Freeze mm -hmm. and Foster's Freeze. We also mm -hmm. had. Are you ready? John and I also had Pup and Taco, and <laughs> Pup and Pup and Taco and Pup. Noggles. Pup and Taco. Pup. 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 Taco. 
Google it. Yeah. Pup N N apostrophe like rock and roll. Pup N taco. Hot dogs and tacos, and taco. guys. Pup and taco. Google it. They had the they had the brownest uniforms around. Remember that uniform, John? It was brown and orange. They were like the old. You know what? There was one. Um, there was one like three blocks from my house. Yeah. Right there on Norwalk. Yep. Right off of Norwalk. Now and, uh, and Whittier Boulevard. Now it's a Taco Bell. Speaking of yeah. taco, and you know it was it was super cheap. You could you know you could eat. Uh, I think everything was like fifty cents or less, and so you could. I think it might have even been like twenty five cents. So you could really, for a buck, you could have everything on the menu, which was basically hot dogs, tacos, and French fries. Uh, speaking of speaking of Taco Bell, John, we're gonna we're gonna divert here for a second. The, the 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 gringo community is up in arms, my friend, because they are removing mm. the Mexican pizza. No, no, no! Don't tell her. They're removing Mexican pizza from the menu. I personally hadn't told Justine this on purpose. <laughs> She left. She left. She was so over. She was so overwhelmed by the you. news that she left. I tried to tell you not to say anything, guys. That was her favorite thing at Taco Bell. I got to tell you. Wow. I got to tell you what. Let me go find out what happened. Uh, you know what we call Mexican pizza? A tostada. There you go. How about that? <laughs> Mexican. I don't understand. Pizza. Mexican pizza. What are you? What is that? Toast. Toast, tostada. What's 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 tostada? You could get that at Pup and Taco. I didn't hear it on here, and it went on here. But hey Mario. Yeah, sir. I can't. It won't there, I okay. saw somebody uh, last year. Somebody's walking around with a Pup and Taco T-shirt. Wow. How uh, was it? Like somebody online is making Pup and Taco T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I want you guys to Google the uniform because it was the brownest. It looked like the old school San Diego Padres uniform. The old school. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, like, can you send her another invite? Just yeah, of course, of course. It's for Justine Weenie, right? Yeah, yeah. We need her to Google. Yeah, I didn't tell her about the Mexican pizza from the loss of her Mexican pizza. Well, she didn't hear. So why are they getting that room? She technically didn't hear. So we're good. We are good. <laughs> Our life like is like Vader really good. Don't whatever you do. Don't tell Justine that we got her job. No, it's like Luke taco. finding out Vader's his father. Don't tell Justine that. What? Oh. what, Justine? We got you a pup and taco shirt for uh, Christmas. <laughs> a taco shirt? Why? A pu- pup and taco? Because we know. Because I know you like earth tones, and I figured that would be the. This this joke is funny for me and John, and that's it. <laughs> and that's it. Pup, you'll have to just look it up. Look it up on YouTube. John, are the you? Commercials a, were really goofy. John, are you about are you to take a shower? About to take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually feeding the cat. <laughs> is that is that a euphemism? Is that what you say, you say now? Yeah. I'm feeding the cat. I'm gonna feed the old cat if you know what I mean. Uh, there's a commercial there's a pup and taco commercial where it's a taco and a hot dog dancing with uh, straw hats and canes <laughs> like I'm pup he's taco but da, 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 da. <laughs> it's really awful please google that somebody please google pup and taco commercial pup and uh, hold on I'm actually doing this John I'm getting up I'm going over to the desk. I should just record from the desk so I could have access to a computer so I can mm. ignore you like I used to. But, uh, John, what about Noggles? 
Oh, I love Noggles because it was open 24 hours a day. So if you were leaving a party at like two in the morning, that's where you could get some food. There's still one in Long Beach. What? I thought they went out of business. Noggles sounds like a strip club for some reason. Noggles all became... (laughs) Noggles... Well, you know why? Because... Hold on. And I feel like... Terrific I feel like the two tacos. G's have little... Just 29 cents at Puppin' Taco. Ow, ow, ow. 29 cents. Yeah. What'd you say? That noise is really bad. Shut up. Don't you dare. <laughs> okay. Puppin' Taco. Uh, yeah, there's commercials. I'll watch them later. Hmm? There's commercials. I'll watch them later. No, we're watching them now. No, no, no. So they, I guess... um so bad. They pulled the... Plug on those what? They went out of business like what, mid-80s or something? Yeah, well, Noggles got bought out by um, Noggles got bought out by Del Taco. Really? Yeah, that's what, they all became Del Tacos. Yes, yes. Ah, yeah, they, interesting. I think, yeah, I think they bought out the recipes and everything. So, Justine, it's funny you say that Noggles sounds like a strip club because in Spanish uh that well in you know mexican slang for 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 oh, uh, for butt is nalgas right Naiva. nalga like your nalgas it means your butt cheeks right mm-hmm. so my butt cheeks so when we first went when we first started when i first went to noggles there was one by my grandpa's house and we drove by it a lot it was it was one over by the kmart john do you remember that the kmart on that's uh, where i went the Kmart on Los Nietos Road, yeah, there, right there, exactly, and yep. uh, and uh, so we'd go through there, you know, and I remember they used to give you the old cardboard receipt. Remember the old cardboard they like you like you, you'd use in the restaurant. They give you one of those. Yeah, and I remember yep. there was a picture of an older guy with like glasses, like the horn rim glasses, and uh, it was the owner, it was the proprietor, Mister Noggles. It was his actual name, but it said. Dick Noggles says, and I just thought it was hilarious that his name was Dick and Noggles. So there you go. <laughs> so don't think when I was like in fourth grade saying Dick Noggles was the funniest thing that I could say. It was hilarious. Yeah, it's like Peter O'Toole. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're kidding me. That's a real name. Uh, <laughs> so, plenty O'Toole. Yeah. Shows your father. Um, yeah, there you go. Dick Noggles. Yeah. Uh, next week, we'll talk yeah. about Sizzler. That's it's time for <laughs> defunct restaurant talk on the old podcast. You remember that? Like two or three in the morning, you'd be leaving a party. There's nothing open in those days. Nothing open twenty four hours, but Noggles was open, and they'd be lined up around the block to get in on the drive through. All these people, you know, leaving parties. They're all drunk. They're all hungry. They're all, John, you know what was open? Just be like in, insane you know, you know like what 10 people ahead of you you know what was open 24 hours aside from noggles was jack in the box jack in the box was always open 24 hours yeah yeah that's With, right but i felt like noggles had the they had the crinkly fries that's right and noggles had a pretty good burger that burger was pretty yeah. good yeah yeah somebody tried to reopen one out in fountain valley i don't know how it uh he opened like he got the recipes got everything and um I don't know how it worked out, but uh, the, they did like a test test run, and the test run was pretty successful. But I don't know if they were going to open permanently. They like, did like a little test run on it. So, defunct restaurants, guys. Hmm. What are some restaurants you enjoyed that are no longer there? Any anybody any, any major chains you guys like that John and I can poop on because you didn't know Sizzler. what it was? Sizzler, 
Sizzler had a salad bar. The Sizzler in our Sizzler in La Mirada was always that, had an ice cream bar. When I was in high school, that Sizzler was a place to be seen on a Friday. Everybody was there. You'd go in there and see everybody with their family on at that Sizzler. That salad bar was G and off all the time. I should have worn my tracksuit. That's how. That's how hip. You would have been <laughs> the hottest motherfucker at the local Sizzler. Man, that Sizzler used to get so crowded, man. And it was, I think it's because it was cheap, because you could go in there on your whatever money you were making with your high school job, eat like a king. They did, they did have that. Yeah, because it was like, um, it was all that buffet stuff, right? It was all, all you could eat salad bar and all that. Mm-hmm. That's right, John. Yeah. Throw a little steak in there. Throw one of their, their really overcooked steaks in there. John. <laughs> no, John, I don't know if you remember this because nobody does. I'm the only one that seems to remember it. But around the corner from that Noggles, on uh, what is that street? Uh, on uh, uh, Telegraph, on Telegraph Road, yeah. right around the corner, yeah. across from yeah. the Sears and all that, there was a restaurant that later became a Sizzler, but for a while was known as the Rustler. The Rustler. And it was like a weird little steakhouse. It looked like a western town on the outside. It was like a yeah. facade. It looked like Knott's Berry Farm. And my grandma yeah. used to like to eat at that restaurant. And we would go to that restaurant all the time. And I used to dig it because when you got up to the building, it had like the wooden walkway, like you were in the Old West. I remember that place. Yeah. I, I can see it in my mind's eye. It probably closed when I was maybe nine or ten years old. But boy, do I remember that. You remember that place? I do remember and I think up on Whittier Boulevard, there was one, it was like, I think it was called like the Ponderosa or something. And inside it was all this Bonanza stuff. What? You know, like woodwork and guns and stuff. Where was that? I think it was up Whittier Boulevard. It, it changed names a lot. I think it was also like a Lone Ranger at one point. Huh. They, had like a, a, they had a chain of Lone Ranger restaurants. I guess oh. they were trying to compete with Roy Rogers on the East Coast. That's they have Roy Rogers. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look into that, John. I don't remember that. Uh, speaking of Whittier, my my cousin, uh, my cousin had some. Uh, my aunt unfortunately passed away a few years ago, and uh, they got some of her her old uh, movie uh, reels. They got some of their old reels, and they had them converted to uh, digital. They had them converted to DVD. And uh, boy, oh boy, I I got a hold of them. My my they were my mom's, and my mom lent them to me, and. Boy, you want to talk about old school, uh, you know, you see shots of it, nothing in like Uptown or anything, unfortunately, but, you know, the outskirts, like the area where we're talking about, and it's just, it was, it looks completely different. There's no buildings, there's nothing. Uh, you know, it's all houses and all kinds of fields and crazy stuff. And it was weird to see footage of my grandpa, like in his prime, because I've seen pictures, I've seen photos, like there's footage of my mm-hmm. parents' wedding, which I've only seen black and white photos of. And then, they, you know, there they are in color. There's my mom and dad getting married in color. It's so weird. It was such a weird thing uh, to see it. Is it home? It's home movies? It's all home movies. Yeah. All old school home movies. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, wow. really cool. Really cool. Uh, so we have a whole box of those things from when I was a kid, like in the early 70s, that uh, I think I'm going to try to get them made for my mom little by little uh, before Christmas time. I'm going to have them done now that uh, money's coming in again. We're going to have that done. But, uh, yeah, get in there, dig out some home movies. I have a bunch of old videotapes I need to convert to digital. <clears throat> old uh, old uh, videos of us vacations. You kids, you had everything on high eight. 
all your high eight digital, close to digital, almost digital quality. You kids today with your home yep, movies. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the best is the old, uh, the old Disneyland. My dad used to do home movies of Disneyland, you know, like super eight, you'd get like maybe five minutes on a reel and you'd have color soup, you know, super eight, uh, film of uh, family vacations at Disneyland. And that's a trip because a lot of, you know, most of those uh, attractions aren't even there anymore. Or they're very different. Yeah. 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 Like the pirate ship, you know, skull rock, oh. the waterfall and, uh, the pirate ship and all that stuff was just great. I love that stuff. Love it. Yeah. That, that, that reminds me all, all gone now. No, too old, too old to begin the training. Too old. Uh, we had to move. We had to move Dumbo, John. We had to move Dumbo back to that area back there. So we had to take the pirate ship out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's you know the thing with the sky buckets. It always looked very cool. All that activity up in the air. You know, you had the sky buckets and the people mover and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 These kids today, they don't know. They don't know from people mover. They don't know. I've been on. Pe- I've been on people mover. Yeah, but you didn't know we called it the people maker. You know yeah, I, mean. I didn't know that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was all up on that ride, touching shit. Who knows? Uh, well, so was I. But uh, yeah, different, different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when were you on the People Mover, Justine? I forget your. I forget you're almost forty. I always forget that. Hey, you sound so young. <laughs> <laughs> you, What'd you say? You do What'd remember? You, you do hey. remember the People Mover though? Yes. I remember uh, looking down. Mm-hmm. I think it's the last thing they ripped out. You know, I think the people mover didn't they turn it into something like the so rocket rod closed, or something? They closed yes. the people mover in 1995. Oh okay. wow, really? Uh, yeah. People mover. How old were you uh, in um, 1995, Justine? 95. I was born in 86. Okay, so you were nine. nine. You were nine. So you have pretty good memories, probably of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I remember waiting in line for it and shit. How old was Patrick when it closed? <laughs> How old was, was Patrick? Fun. How old Patrick was Patrick? Was only four. It was like five years old. <laughs> How old? Four. Wow. Four. Just a little bit. Baby. Just a little baby. <laughs> I was looking. At, I was looking at crit or a little stroller. <laughs> That's not creepy. At all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Literally robbing the cradle. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this little baby has a beard. I'm going to take him home. <laughs> oh, my God. Can I keep uh, him? That's uh, never mind. Uh, all right, guys. Well, what a wonderful trip down memory lane. Oh, mm. It's been nice, John. Let's head out to the Rustler, grab a few charbroiled steaks, and we'll be back with some. You know, we're really lucky <laughs> that the – this this group right here that we all got to go to Disneyland one last time. <laughs> I know. Yes, mm-hmm. we got to ride. Uh, we that got cre- we got to ride the new Star Wars: Rise of the Resistance. We literally went like, I mean, a week before. I, I went with yeah, what you, was Patrick. I went with you after that. Oh, I didn't know that. No, no, we no. went. We went no, right like before Justine they closed. And I went right before they closed. Mm-hmm. Like, did you have a hunch they were going to close up? No, it was before things like started popping off. And like it was mm. literally a couple days because we were mm. just going for her birthday and yeah. Because Justine, when is your birthday? Her birthday, March twentieth. Huh? Our whole store closed on my birthday. On your what day? Yeah. You're welcome. I Our said, you know what, guys? Here is my gift. <laughs> I think we're lucky. Them. We're lucky because who knows when it's going to reopen, and we got one last shot at it. You know. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they're pushing to reopen like crazy. I don't know how they can make it work. I don't think Florida's having a great time. I mean, they say attendance has kind of dropped off. People aren't even sure they want to go. Oh, John wanted a moment of silence for uh, the lovely, the formidable Miss uh, Diana Rigg. Uh, We we said goodbye to her this week. Uh, Yes. Oleana Terrell. Who's that? Emma Peel. Tracy Bond. Tracy Bond. Uh, the host of and mystery of course, of course emma peel lorena tyrell from game of thrones fake the grandma who murders everybody i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> i mean are you are well, you really surprised at this point like, i like this character this actress i like there's this, this actress named uh, diana Rick. i like this character she was in a guy who doesn't oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. guy who doesn't know anything i like i like this character i like what it. yep yep mm. yep Mm, mm. <laughs> I mean, are, you, are you really surprised? Mm. I don't. I don't recall. Guys, that music you hear, dun dun, dun dun, dun dun, Wow, Mario's really into it this week. <laughs> that that music He's means it. it's time for the Digital Movie Club. Guys, are you ready? It can only mean one thing. Are you ready for the club that is made of comprised of movies? No, I'm sorry. The club that comprises movies, which are digital? Yes. I would love nothing more. <laughs> Guys, I can I can feel the excitement. Much like much like uh during uh, uh, when we have that really dry weather, when it's about to, we're about to get a rainstorm. You get that that dry wind right before we, you know. When, and there's a lot of electric. You mean when you can smell the rain on the weather? Yes, and then you know, we get a lot I of. Love uh, that. You get a lot of a static electricity. You go touch them, and you're like, ah, there's static electricity. That's, yeah, that's the way the it feels time. right now. It feels like that's these the best time. Two great movies we're going to talk about. I can't even believe I've been so generous to you by sharing mm-hmm. my movie collection with you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yep. This is really like casting uh, pearls among the swine, except for John, of course. <laughs> Jesus, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> and we're and we're the swine, huh? That's it, uh, guys. He's calling the oink, movies. Oink, the motherfucker. Let's oink, talk oink. about it. The <laughs> movies it. this week: Midnight Run, A Fish Called Wanda. Uh, two great uh, two eighties comedy classics. Uh, let's let's talk about it. Let's see which one are we going to talk about first. Patrick, you always have to end up having to do all the 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 reading and the heavy lifting. So why don't you go ahead and you you tell us what you'd like to do first? This no, week. no, no, no. Somebody else choose. You keep making me pick. All right, let's <laughs> literally let, the past like four times. Let's let Jake pick this fish day. called Wanda. Jake wants to talk about a fish called Wanda. Therefore, we're going to talk about Midnight Run. Just kidding. Fish <laughs> called Wanda. Take it away, Patrick. This 1988 film uh, released on July 15th, got a 7.5 on IMDb, 94% on Rotten Tomato, Uh excuse me, uh, with a budget of 7.5 million. This grossed worldwide 62.5 million. Smash hit. Uh, Yeah, with a pretty all-star cast there. Who do we got? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we got uh, Tom Georgeson, Michael P- uh, Pitlin, Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Klein, uh, John Cleese. Like, whew, what was the first geez. name you said? John Cleese. Uh, Tom Georgeson. Who's that? Played George. Uh, yeah, he played George. No. Okay. George. All right. That was not an all-star Written name. Written by John Cleese. Written by yeah. John Cleese. Directed by... Well, besides him. John Cleese. John Cleese. No, it was no. Charles Crane. Um, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you have it. All right. And an Academy Award. Academy Award went to Kevin Klein for Best Supporting Actor. Best Supporting Actor. Uh, Hard, and David hardly ever happens with comedies. They hardly ever give you an award for comedies. Yeah, and then it also got uh, Best Foreign Screenplay and a couple of BAFTA awards. BAFTA. You want to find out? Uh, BAFTA. You want to find out more about the BAFTAs? BAFTA. Talk about our. Well, visit our friends for Screen and Country. It's a British uh, 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 film podcast. Really good stuff. So it's from our friends at uh, What Were They Thinking? Our friends up in Canada do a oh. show called. Uh, they went through like the basically the the BAFTA version of the. Uh, the AFI top 100. They went through the. They went through all of them. Uh, <clears throat> all right, guys. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about fish called Wanda. Jake, you wanted to talk about it. Why don't you kick it off for us, my man? What did you think about this movie? Well, let's get the plot real quick. It's basically a. It's the fallout from a heist. There's a heist that takes place. Michael Palin's involved. Jamie Lee Curtis is involved. Kevin Klein is involved. They're passing Kevin Klein and. Jamie the Curtis passed themselves off as brother and sister when they're really lovers. There's a lot of double crossing going on. Michael Palin plays an animal loving, uh, very, very capable henchman with a, with a stutter, with a stammer. And John Cleese is a barrister who somehow gets mixed up in all of this. But uh, it's basically the fallout from a heist. And everybody's after these diamonds. All right, Jake. Take it away. What did you yeah. think, my man? It was good. <laughs> <laughs> would you care? You wanted to start with Jake. <laughs> would you care? I know. I know. I can't be mad at anyone but myself. Would you said it? <laughs> no, I thought I thought it was great. Did you I enjoy it? Jamie Lee Kirk in anything that she's in. Mm-hmm. Same with John Cleese. John Cleese can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. At least not in my eye. Yep. Amen. Um, and yeah, I thought the story story was great. All everyone everyone did a great job in this movie. Even the yeah little fight characters. Uh, was it Ken? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he was. Oh, he's so funny. I loved it. Any scene involving him was just amazing. Especially at the very end where he got his revenge, and that was just- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. So dark, but so great. Poor Kikuki yeah, Ken. But yeah, solid, solid, solid performances, solid plot, just solid everywhere. It's a good movie. Uh, did you laugh? Was it funny enough for you? Um, yeah, there's some there's some good spots here and there. Like, yeah, towards the end, um, most of the stuff with Ken or um, with uh, like uh, Kevin Klein. Mm-hmm. Most scenes involving him, the um, screwing the pooch on everything. Mm-hmm. Is great. Yeah, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, you pointed out, she's playing kind of a 
she's not being overly comedic. She's kind of the femme fatale, but uh, also very funny. And she can, you, you know, the more we watch her, we've seen her do. You know, she's she was like she started out in Hollywood as like a, the screen queen, right from Halloween. But when you see her do these movies, she has a natural uh, uh, knack for doing these types of roles. Kind of like these breezy comedy roles like she did in Trading Places. And I think she's really mm-hmm. good at it. She's very, very good at it. Uh, playing kind of like a, like a streetwise. Yeah, it's very natural for her. Mm-hmm. At least it comes that way. Uh, all right. I'm glad you liked it, Jake. I was worried about you. Uh, I know that you you tend to you tend Jake tends to uh, judge the comedies a little more uh, a little with a little bit more uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for not harshly um, but, but yeah you judge them with scrutiny I'm you, more you, exactly scrutiny. you scrutinize them a little bit more than you do some of our other movies I know that it, if it doesn't make you laugh a certain way then it's going to get points deducted so yeah. All right. If I, uh, if I don't get the belly laugh, then I'm not. I'm not having it. Beautiful. Well, there was there's plenty of belly laughs in this one. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. there's some good stuff that I always forget, and then it just makes me crack up out loud, especially this stuff with Ken. Uh, all right, let's go to over to my friend Justine. Sup. Sup. <laughs> a fish called Wanda. Yeah. The way yeah. it got its name is so disgusting to me. Because <laughs> you're kind of like, all right, there's Wanda. Right. What, what about the fish? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Until things happen, you're like, great, that's in their title. What a memorable thing to make that your title. <laughs> that's typical John Cleese right there. That's that's a John Cleese. Well, there's two Wanda. There's two Wandas too, so it kind of makes it, uh, you know. You got Jamie Lee Curtis's Wanda. Yeah. Little, yeah, the whole thing is... Little dub- it was crazy. I was like, oh, okay. Little dub- Nasty! I thought this movie had its good points. I, it was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the scene when he's in the room, or they're at the house, and she's changing, and that family walks in. He's like, what are you doing here? And you're like, <laughs> oh, he's legitimate. And, you know, they go back and forth, and and they're like, that, oh, you sold me. We sold you our house. <laughs> yeah, that got worse and worse and worse. They're like, oh, okay. Um, that part, it's all kind of cheesy on other parts where he's breaking into the house and um, I forgot his name already. Archie Leach. No, what's that guy's name? Otto. Um, Otto. No. John or um, John No. Okay. Well, Kevin, Michael Payne. Ken. The main guy. John Cleese. John Cleese. Nope. Okay. Nope. The barrister. When Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein. When Kevin Klein is there, and he's like, well, "What is he doing breaking into his own house and trying to figure that part out?" There's just I don't know. Some parts were really cheesy, but then they made it work. I'm guessing that's Kevin Klein breaking making it happen um i don't know i'm not a huge john cleese fan like he was whoa like, ouch you really <laughs> right now ouch <laughs> how dang you don't you don't you don't find him funny he had his moments but i liked kevin klein more why because he's hot because hmm? he's because he's a fine piece of ass i agree <laughs> 
<laughs> That's weird. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Jake has walked around. Ten bucks. Jake has walked around smelling his own armpits for like the last twenty four hours since he watched the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask Sandy about that. Jake smell. I don't know. I like. I I thought it was fun to watch. It had its moments of ups. Um, but then there's just a few cheesiness to it. I think I liked Otto the most. Mm-hmm. Um. Every time he killed a dog, I was like, what the F, man? Leave the dog alone. And then he would cry about it. Oh, no, that's it, Ken. Guess. That's Ken. Ken is the guy oh, that loves the kid. animals. Yeah. yeah. He didn't kill the old lady, but kept killing the dog. Yeah. So, like, that part was funny to me. Um, he played that role really well, too. Mm hmm. Um, it's just really a yeah. comeback. Better in the end. Yeah. I don't really know what else. Oh, when he's, um, what is it? The part that made me laugh when he was like, he's going to kill me with that. And he's stuck in the cement later on. And that made me laugh. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's a great moment. He gets his revenge. I was like, I was like, he wasn't even that close. How is he going to get him? Until I realized he was in cement. I'm like, that's hilarious. And I love that he's moving really slow. It's beautiful because he's really moving slow and he thinks he's got all the time in the world. He takes a shot at him and it's like, you know, uh oh, I'm not going to be able to get out of this. Yeah. Well, even in the beginning part, you're like, oh, he's moving pretty fast. He's going to get him. But you're like, he's so far away. Yeah. Uh, um, I I was okay with it. I didn't. Love it or hate it. Hmm. Interesting. Right in the middle there. Right in that middle. Interesting. All right. Right in the middle. Patrick, what did you think, my man? It was nice to see somebody with a stutter getting their revenge on somebody making fun of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a typical British comedy. I thought it had its moments. It was funny. It's not like I didn't really have any like really big laugh out loud moments. I laughed. Um, and I enjoyed it. Um, I definitely think Ken was probably my favorite character, um, just because his antics are probably the most humorous in the movie. But John Cleese and um, Kevin Klein interacting was really fun to see, and they actually work really well together. Uh, and then, of course, um, uh, what's her face? Uh, why do I always forget the lovely, the lovely Jamie Lee Curtis? was fantastic and she's really good at comedy like i thought she was funny while she wasn't like overtly trying to be humorous like the way she played it worked really really well that's nice that's a that's a nice compliment for uh, miss jamie lee uh i think she always does a great job what i wanted to know what i wanted to know in particular though is how you felt about kevin klein's character what did you think did it rub you the wrong way or did you enjoy it um, I was okay with it because even though he was playing somebody with a stutter, he wasn't someone who was no, 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 Kevin completely... Klein, Kevin Klein. Oh, Kevin Klein, Otto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a fucking asshole. He's just a scumbag. Like, <laughs> there's no two ways around it. He's a playing a uh, a British interpretation of an American uh, CIA agent. So, I mean. I think it's pretty accurate. I got no complaint. Okay, I uh, wanted to hear. Here's why I was going to say: if you didn't like Kevin Klein's performance, I was I was going to say it's very Steve Martiny. Kevin Klein is very mm-hmm. Steve Martiny in this movie. Like, yeah, but I will say Steve Martin laughs at his own shit. Kevin Klein's not laughing at his own joke. So that's like, there. That I was. Steve, g- Steve, 
I was going to. Martin's very much like he sniffs his own farts. And wow. Kevin doesn't seem like he's doing that in this movie. Well, <laughs> unbelievable. That's, that's like the best way I can describe it. But like, it's that it's that scene from South Park where you know they're driving the Priuses and they fart in their own wine glasses and they sniff them. That, that that's what Steve Martin reminds me of. He's wow. a li- Steve Martin's a little too pompous for you. Is that what you're saying? I think so. Like, I think he's just too much into his own humor, um, and. I think that's a lot of what bothers me about it. Appreciate that your he's own brand on, of perfect. That he's in on the joke. Yeah, that, and you know what? Like that kind of humor sometimes. Mm. All right. Well, I that, don't know. Like I just feel like he's too into himself. That's a fair I assessment. Back to Steve Martin, like projecting. Yeah, projecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm too into myself, so like I can't have somebody else <laughs> doing that too. I think yeah. my shit's hilarious. Appreciate uh, your own brain. Let's go to John. John, what did you think? It seems like everyone was underwhelmed. They, they weren't knocked out. Nobody was knocked out by this movie, I guess. I, I always well, love I mean, it. Um, British British humor can be kind of tough sometimes. It's not really over yeah, for that's dumb true. That's true. It's a little... Like, guys. It's, uh, we need things I also think first. it's things that you've seen before, and this might be yes. the start of it, but it's stuff that we've seen for, for sure it's, before. Do you think it's a victim of well, its own influence? Million. Yeah, people going behind other people's back and, you know, having it kind of like a comedy is pretty common. Well, there's been a lot of there's been a lot, a lot of heist movies, that's for sure. And, it, you know, that's a whole genre. There's been a there was a lot of heist movies even before this, uh, a lot of comedy heist movies before this. And there's been re- I wouldn't even really call this a heist movie anymore at that point. It's more of like a legal, you know, relationship film. Can I can um, I just remind I, you before you guys slam British humor more? We have British listeners. You guys know that, right? I love British humor. It's just... It's, I didn't say anything about it. I'm just letting you know. We, we, we're trying to make inroads overseas, and I want you to know we're trying to market ourselves, and if you over here, you guys are talking like a bunch of bloody wankers, then we are not no, going yanks. to get the... the Jesus yanks. <laughs> bloody <laughs> wankers. <clears throat> yeah, the yanks. Term is yanks. And <laughs> we've been called yanks before. We've been called yanks many times. <laughs> Wanky Yankees. All right, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, you. I interrupted you, John. Well, no. Uh, what I like is that you know, Cleese wrote this, and he had he addresses the difference between Americans and Brits in this. You know, yeah. the whole thing with Otto being so disgusted with the British. I thought that was just hilarious through the whole movie. He's just going, you know, pompous, talk funny, dress funny, don't know how to do this, don't know how to do that. He's just, you know, that's like the ugly American. But then. Cleese has always made it very clear that he finds the Brits to be funny, even though he is one. He says the thing about the Brits is what he says in the movie. They're so terrified of saying the wrong thing. Everybody's so polite, no matter how they feel. They're all so into being proper because they're just horrified of uh, embarrassing themselves or embarrassing somebody else. I mean, that's even a line right out of the movie. And he's always said Mm -hmm. that that's that's the fun of Python is that uh, taking you know, they're so silly, and that's the last thing most Brits do is act silly. So you really have to have a forum for it because in your day-to-day life, you're pretty reined in, you know? Yeah. So that's what I, I – that was my favorite thing. I think Patrick said he liked that the best too. The the interactions between Otto and uh, John Cleese I just think are hilarious. And there's so many t- – you know, there's so many great scenes where they're up against each other. And uh, I just love how, when he holds him out the window, <laughs> you know, 
and he, he apologizes <laughs> as it. only a barrister could. You know? Yes, I mean there's there's really there's some good points in that movie too. When you get like moments where there, Kevin Klein is learning, or I think it maybe even Jamie Lee Curtis is learning something about like the way the legal system works, and they're always like, "Well, that's not how we do it in America," and that's like so typical of an American going anywhere. Well, this is right. how we do it from where I'm from, and it's just like that makes perfect sense. Like he illustrated that really well. Yeah, and the other. I agree. And then the other great thing is how they show you how Otto thinks he's smart. He really thinks he's smart. He reads Nietzsche and all this. And Timothy Curtis just has this go, look, you don't get any of it. All that stuff you're reading, you know, when he says apes don't read Nietzsche. And she goes, yes, they do. They just don't understand it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so just all of that. I think that was the perfect part of Otto. He thinks he's he thinks he's smart. (laughs) And at every turn, he's making the wrong move. You know, the way he just keeps busting. Every time she's going to get some information, he comes swinging in the window or hiding behind a door. It's just like every time she's just about to get what she needs, he blows it, you know. So I loved all that stuff, all the scenes. John, was and this? Also, oh. particularly that last shot where he, he makes him get into the bu- the barrel of oil. And oh, yeah. uh, he says, I know you don't like Americans because you hate winners. He's oh, like um, North Vietnam. And he's all, stop it. Take it back. All, we, yeah. we, that was a tie. He goes, we kicked your ass real good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just beautiful. Just beautiful. Well, anyway, I'm a big Cleese fan, and he's he's at his most John Cleese in this movie. So, mm-hmm. And Michael Palin's great, too. And so many facets to his character because he's such an animal lover. That's why it's so terrible that he accidentally kills all three dogs you know because it's obvious he's a real animal lover i, lo- I really love dark. i love the scene where they almost run over the the dogs in the beginning and they speed yeah. away and you just see michael palin looking in the in, looking back to make sure the dogs are okay with like a worried look on his face that's it's a great yeah. it's such yeah. a great shot uh yeah palin when he gets the, when he finally when he gets the old lady, finally gets the old lady. He's the only one in the crowd smiling. Everyone's all, oh, how terrible. And he's looking and they're going, hey, I did it. <laughs> and he just running off smiling, you know. Oh, I, I don't know. And uh, Jamie Curtis, I think this is, uh, she has the most subtle job in the whole movie because she's got to play like she's just playing everybody against each other and maybe give you a slight hint that maybe she is falling in love with John Cleese. You know, you never really know. But yeah. that takes a little subtlety and uh, kind of like what she did in True Lies and kind of what she did in uh, in Trading Places. You're right, you really Mario. She plays comedy it, very yeah. well. Well, you know, in yeah, the original, exactly. John, even to the last scene in the original, she was just going to grift everybody and leave. And the audiences yeah. hated it. And they really wanted yeah. them to end up together. And so John Cleese was like forced to he, he did everything he could to not tack that ending on. And eventually that's what they went with. Because that's what, oh really that's what yeah 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 they yeah. tried it a bunch of different ways How about that? they tried it a bunch of different ways and nothing worked and that's what people wanted was people wanted them to to end up together so that's the way he wrote it I wonder it. I wonder did, did you read anything uh, was it a last minute addition to put uh, Otto on the wing of the plane with the cement all over his face uh, that I don't know that I don't know uh, it must have because been because that that's funny that you think yeah he would nothing would stop him not even getting rolled over by a steamroller you know mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you go for the money I love it I I just thought that was a great bit to have his face coming through the window even at the end it's like he still isn't dead you know uh, you knew he wasn't going to die 
I like that they kill them in the they, they kill them off in the most cartoony way possible, though. And I love that yeah, their whole thing exactly. is this damn British cement, like it dried faster than regular cement. I love that. <laughs> Such a great. How about the scene? The scene where he's in his car and he's trying to rehearse how he's going to say "I'm sorry," and he's, he's he can't even say it. He's all "God damn it, shit!" You know? <laughs> like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> I do love the way he says "asshole" as he's. Uh, Running into people very, in traffic. Yeah, it's very clever, very Kevin Klein asshole. Mm-hmm. And that's oh. a that's a that's a great running gag because he does it like three or four times. With every time he pulls out with the car, he, he hits somebody. Giant American car. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's rank it, guys. Let's talk about it. Jake, what did you give Fish Mario? Cold yes. What oh. did you think when you first saw it? When it first came out? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, saw it in the theater. Being a uh, Laughed, yeah. laughed my head off. Uh, thought it was great. I love that it was a mix of American style comedy and uh, it's a great. I think it, it's a great marriage between the two, and it, and a lot has to do with Kevin Klein's performance and John Cleese's script are are very and well. Yeah. You know, and you know, as you get older, you start to appreciate the work that Jamie Lee Curtis is doing. Like you said, John, very subtle. Yeah. she's not getting the laugh out loud uh, stuff, but she's the glue that holds it all together. And if she's not believable, she's driving the. She, yeah, she's driving the plot because you've got to believe that she's able to, to hoodwink everybody in that group. Everybody mm-hmm. is she's playing all four people. She's playing all of them, even Ken, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she has to be able to she has to be believable and she has to be likable. You have to like her. Yeah. And uh, she's always likable. Uh, you know, yeah. you know, you have no when you see Jamie Lee Curtis, when you see her in a movie, you have no trouble believing that she is just as smart as she is attractive, like she is a very she she project, uh, projects a lot of intelligence in all of her roles. Uh, yeah, right. Even even in something like Lori in uh, in Halloween, you know, Lori's not a dumb like a dumb kid, you know. Um, so yeah. like Jamie Lee Curtis always seems like one of those. those the, no matter what role she's playing, you can see the wheels turning. You know, you can see that she's very very. You know, so I always like that about her that she 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 always has. Yeah. Those, a certain intelligence that comes through. So, and that's coming through here, you know? Yeah. And I love when she, when she, I love when she knowingly plays someone who's kind of hustling, like she does it here and in 48 hours, like the scene where she runs into, uh, John Clayson wants his autograph and does that whole scene. That's, that's a great scene. So, yeah, you know, you, you start yeah. to appreciate those performances. Everybody in the cast is great. Everybody's good. Even George, yeah. everybody's good. He looks like a British, typical Weasley British gangster heavy. You know, it's so good. You know, he looks like somebody right out of a Kink song. You know, like somebody that was, you know, like uh, somebody from uh, from uh, Preservation or something. You know, uh, yeah. so yeah, yeah I, 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 I yeah, like it. Yeah, I like I like this movie. So, uh, Patrick, what do you say? What do you give uh, the old fish called Wanda? Uh, seven point five. Seven. Punto five, Jake. What did you give this one? Uh, that sounds about right. Seven point five. Justine. Seven. John. I give it an eight. All right, I give it an eight as well. So not too far off. The, you 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 didn't, no. You guys didn't hate no, I think it, but it's a solid film. but you didn't like it as much as I thought you were going to like it. I thought you guys would have liked it a little bit more. But again, I thought because of the the Python connection. I'll tell you what, this movie is the, 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 some of the stuff is very 80s about it. 
So it does have a. This does feel like it was made in the eighties. That does. I will tell you that. And then the fact that it's British yeah. too kind of throws. You know, kind of makes adds another layer on top of that. There's another layer of insulation there. So I can I can kind of see. But uh, I'm glad you guys liked it at least that much. Uh, here's the thing, guys. I got to take a quick break. We got. I got to mess with some equipment here. But uh, when we come back, we will be talking about Midnight Run. We'll be back after these messages. Welcome back to the program, everyone. The big show. We're in the middle of the digital movie club. Uh, John just brought up a point while we were in the break. Uh, John, we we were reminded that um, John Cleese's character is Archibald Leach. And John, who is Archie Leach? Cary Grant. His real name is Archie Leach. That's right. That's right. Cary Grant. So he saw himself. And I think uh, somebody asked Cleese, why did he do it? And he said, well, that's a great inside joke. And he said, this is probably the closest I'm going to get to playing a, a Cary Grant part. <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, this is a very screwball 830s comedy. Like this would have been, yeah. if this would have been made in the 30s, Cary Grant would have been the lawyer for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, yes. So there we go. Yep. That's uh, Fish Called Wanda, guys. Uh, but now we move on to. <sighs> Man, this is this this movie really set the template. Uh, some people would, I mean, Forty Eight Hours kind of did, but this movie really set a high bar for buddy action comedies for many years to follow. I'm speaking, of course, of Midnight Run. Patrick, why don't you give us the breakdown of Midnight Run? Uh, this 1988 film released in on July 20th, so a week after uh, Fish Called Wanda. Happy, uh, happy 15th birthday to my wife. Got a 7.5 on IMDb, 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, starring Robert De Niro, Charles Grodin, and Joe Pantaleone. Pantaleano, sorry. Mm-hmm. Me, I always bad with his last name. Uh, Pants, yeah. With a budget of $30 million, box office $81.6 million. Um, uh, bounty hunter Jack Walsh to locate uh, has to locate a mobster accountant named the Duke and bring him to L.A. Uh, he's told the job is simple or a midnight run. Uh, but when Jack finds the Duke, the FBI and the mob are anxious to get their hands on him in a cross-country chase. Jack must evade the authorities, hide from the mob, and prevent the Duke's erratic personality from driving him mad. This would be a great double feature with playing streams and automobiles. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's talk about it. This is a movie that, for me, really holds up. Uh, saw this in the theater, loved it. Um, I've pretty much owned it on in every i owned it on vhs i owned it on dvd uh now i own it digitally uh so it is a movie that uh i really i don't watch it all the time but whenever i watch it i'm i can you know i never get sick of it it always makes me laugh uh so let's go to let's pick justine this time justine what did you think of a little movie we like to call Midnight Run. This is our first, this is De Niro, and by the way, just to give you guys some context, we see Robert De Niro in all kinds of comedies now. This is a, this was a really unusual role for Robert De Niro to be doing a comedy. Um, 
this was not something that, you know, the last time we saw him, he was Al Capone. And the next time we'll see him, it's going to be in Goodfellas. So that kind of shows you where he was career-wise. So this is kind of a this was a, a step outside the box for him, definitely. So, Justine, what did you think of Midnight Run? I loved Rob in this movie. I thought it was believable and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, also, who doesn't like Charles Grodin? He's he's hilarious. I've always liked him too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two of them, I thought it was funny. It had outrageous scenes, but I still loved it for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. I just, it just flowed well. And I honestly think it's because, I guess, because, yeah, the movies we've been watching of Robert De Niro, he's pretty serious. So yeah. seeing it, I'm like, I feel like he's in his old movies, but these things are happening. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's a> <laughs> film to him. He's simply a witness to the madness going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, everything around him is funny, but he's like in his role. And I just, I don't know. I thought this whole thing was great. I thought it was a great movie. um, There were parts where it kind of felt, uh, what part was that? Uh, When they keep leaving that guy with the gun, the huge gun. Oh, Uh, Marvin. Marvin? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marvin's character is just outrageous. Yeah, he's dumb. A little, a little unbelievable that anyone would be that dumb and be that good at his job. Scenes, yeah, mm-hmm. his scenes are the most unbelievable. But I thought it was hilarious. Still, I don't know why. It's they still oh, work. He gives them the kidnap photo, and it's got the name of the hotel on the towel. Yeah, idiot. <laughs> it's very high jinxy. He's <laughs> like, we have everything we got, and I was like, why? I noticed it like in the scene. I just didn't realize the picture part, but. Oh, it was great. I like this movie a lot. I, I realized watching it again that I got. A, 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 a name that I call people, uh, you know, something I, I don't say it flatteringly. I realize it came from this movie. I call people fucko once in a while. <laughs> and I remember I got him. He's like, my name's, he's like, it's your lucky day, scumbag. My name's Carmine, fucko. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? You're, you know what? You're right, Justine. There is a, a, a layer of, realism in here that makes everything there work is. it's like and having it's robert de niro that does it well it's also having like dennis farina who's like a you know a, a really serious actor and, and giving him like he's this mob boss but he gives him these ridiculous lines and he always wants to kill people yeah. with like office equipment i'm gonna bury this telephone in your head i'm gonna stab you through the heart with a pencil um like that whole thing is really funny like he comes up with all these creative ways he's gonna kill somebody but you believe it. He doesn't look like yeah. those lines are funny, but he is terrifying. You know, especially when it gets to the scene where in the airport when he's like, "Hey, what do you, you know? What's it like having your wife, you know, marry a, a cop?" You know, he's telling him all this mm-hmm. stuff. You know, so you know he's like a serious. This isn't somebody to be trifled with. You know, even though his henchmen are kind of stupid. You know, uh, but yeah. yeah, it's it's a very broad at some times and then other times it gets very serious and one part that really got me watching it this time is the whole scene with his daughter where you know he realizes he's lost all this time and then the way he plays that scene and then when she comes out to give him the money um you know i thought that was just that really got me this time and i hadn't you know i don't know why i hadn't really thought about that i was like wow that's such a heavy scene and that kind of grounds everything you know it kind of makes everything like you said, feel more real, you know, the situation yeah. that he's in. Um, but you, I'm glad you thought it was funny. Did you have a, 
who who did you like better out of the two? Was it Groden or was it De Niro? Ooh, I think I just have a soft spot for Groden because he's always playing a dad in a lot of movies I've yeah, watched. Yes. But, um, I think the winner in the movie is definitely Robert De Niro for sure. Mm-hmm. He was great. I loved him. I loved when he leaves the glass, the sunglasses. Yes. Um, and then the guy's like, I've been looking for these. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me ask you a question. Why were you so unpopular with the Chicago Police Department? <laughs> oh, just the way he, dude, Charles Grodin is so good. He reminds me in this movie of my, of my friend Robert. Uh, exactly the same, that same kind of dry delivery. And uh, he's just so good at being like irritating. It's, oh, it's, it's perfect. I love it. Uh, it's a great role for him. Uh, Patrick, what did you think, my man? Uh, this movie's really dynamic. You have drama, hum- uh, humor, uh, just, you know, family shit. Like, it's got a lot going on mm-hmm. for this film. And uh, it's really funny. Like, I, I always, uh, you know, appreciate how good of an actor Robert De Niro is just with, you know, the the fact that his skills, like, he's able to do serious, serious drama pieces and do a comedy like this and be really funny Mm -hmm. um he definitely steals the movie like there's just moments where he's just a complete asshole that are just wonderful and hilarious yeah um and it's just it's it it definitely feels like a buddy cop hijinks movie Mm -hmm. um and while yeah there are ridiculous things going on it's believable like you can believe he really got himself into all of this shit Mm mm-hmm um, I had a lot of fun with it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I got no complaints about this one. Yeah, everybody's good in it too. Even Joey Pants back at the office yeah. and Jack Kehoe, and then the the two idiot mobster guys. Like every dude, even the people they get. You know, the waitress when she's describing the yeah. the chorizo and eggs, and like the guys at the bar when they're doing mm-hmm. that whole like everybody in this is just feel it's so well cast. You know, there's no bad actor or actor. No, and film. that that scene again with his wife, you can believe him being married to like she looks okay. You know, mm-hmm. not, and this is not an insult. She looks like she would be like a suburban housewife of a police officer. You know, like it, everybody yeah. fits like what you think they should look like. You know. Um, with the exception of, and it's a great then they did it on purpose you hear in the beginning it's this guy the Duke the Duke the Duke he's gonna be this this mob accountant and it's Charles Grodin you know it's like he's like this milk toast kind of guy you know and but it's perfect and they're they're perfect together um, so that is one one good thing you pointed out that you were right you're right Patrick it takes you on an emotional uh, tour as well. It's not just funny. There's a there's a lot going on. There's and, a lot going on in this film, like a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of it's kind of surprising at first because you're not really sure where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Whether it's going to be like straight comedy or um, you know like a drama. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see where this develops. Patrick, would you say you went on a journey not unlike the two main characters in the movie? Would you say that emotionally? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it uh, definitely has that trains, uh, planes, and automobile. Yeah, feel. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I love movies like that stuck together. Yeah, that they don't really have a choice, and mm-hmm. they just got to figure out how to make it work. Yeah, uh, let's go. And I'm glad he lets oh. him go at the end. Yeah, that's such a great ending. That's such a great ending. He just wanted to he's see if he could I, do it. You know. Yeah, that's. He says, you know what? Some things are more important. And then you find out he has money the whole time. Yeah. He had money, <laughs> even when they're starving for food and they're stealing money from the bar. Like he has cash. 
the litmus con- the litmus configuration. Are you doing the litmus configuration? Uh, <laughs> these are good. These are bad. What's your name? Red, as in Redwood. <laughs> is that your name? <laughs> uh, Charles Grodin is so good. Why isn't he in more movies? Um, let's go to Jake. Jake, what did you think, my man? I thought it was great. It's yeah. I just it feels like Robert De Niro was plucked out of one of his more serious movies and just kind of plopped into this. And mm-hmm. It's so funny. Yes, it, it works because he's reacting to everything too. Just the way he's reacting to everything, and his character has such a short fuse that it's you- the shortest. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like Robert De Niro would have the shortest fuse too. So right, it works pretty well. Hmm. You know what? I'll tell you what. The one thing about Robert De Niro in this movie, I've never wanted to smoke in my life, but Robert De Niro makes every cigarette look like he absolutely <laughs> needed it, and it's the most relaxing thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you that. To talk about your acting, uh, Jake. Were you were you happy with the uh, with the plot? Because it is something that kind of has been done a bunch of times. Yeah, it's been done, but it's, I mean, with Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin, they just do such a great job that I don't mind that it's, you know, same story told a million different ways. Did you see and a then Joe, Joe Pantoliano, kind of him periodically checking in with him. Those little, those little scenes are really fun. Those, oh, you talk. believe he's those such a skis ball. He's, I mean, he, I mean, he always plays the skis ball, but, but like, there's you a reason believe for it. it in this one. You, mm-hmm. Just the way he dresses, all that stuff. The fact that he has his money in a sock. Uh, and how, when is it when he he offers Jack Walsh $100,000 to do the, to get oh, the job done? Yeah, then he, and gives, then he goes around and offers, like, how much did you offer Jack? 25000 <laughs> I, I like when they, uh, I like when he jumps, when he falls in the river and, and, uh, and he goes, um, he goes. There goes my money, and then he goes. Why? He goes. How much did how much did he offer you? And he goes twenty five thousand. And then Jack Robert was like, Oh, okay. Like he's all, he was <laughs> he was really going to be upset if he got it. Yeah, Pantaleano's a scumbag in this one. He's making a, a, a plotting them against each other, kind of manipulating the whole situation from afar. Uh, but he's so good. He's so good at it. You don't feel bad for him though. You don't feel bad Never. that he, you don't feel bad that he's not going to get his money. Um, but yeah, uh, did you enjoy the, uh, do, do you see a lot of yourself in the Charles Grodin character? Cause I feel like this is where you really, um, I don't know what you're referring to. Um, <laughs> however, twins. I did, I did think he was just the most amazing person in the whole world. So such, such a good, <laughs> such a great, such a great guy. <laughs> so knowledgeable, generous. Remind me never to try to listen to. No, what and just a, just a stand up guy, you know. Just you can't get much better. <laughs> but you didn't see any of yourself in him. That's good. Okay, that, that question's answered. All right. Yeah. Did you? Uh, did you? Did you guys have a hard time getting oh, into I it? We were talking about me. So oh, I'm okay. sorry. Did you guys have a? Oh, and then let's talk about the great Yafet Koto as uh, as uh, Alonzo Mosley. Talk about mm-hmm. it, just doing a slow burn for the whole movie. Uh, I, I do like his line at the end. I'm going to have a heart attack before this is all done. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, John. Yeah. 
you you got kind of quiet. Are you okay? No, I'm listening to everybody else. Oh, you hate this movie, don't you? No, it's one of my all-time favorites. Yes, John. That's what I want to hear, buddy. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Go. Yeah, it, I, I like a good road picture. You know, two people on the road, whether they're compatible or not, that's always makes for a great picture. And um, no, it just seems right. It feels like he's been plucked right out of one of his dramas. So he's definitely the straight man, you know. Mm-hmm. He's just got to react all this all this craziness around him. But I love I love the chemistry, or rather the lack of chemistry, between him and Charles Grodin. It feels like the odd couple. It really feels yeah. like the odd couple on the road. A lot of times, Charles Grodin will say something. It sounds like it's coming out of Tony Randall's yeah. uh, head. You know, mm-hmm. like like when they're eating on the train, he's all. Now, why why would you eat that? You know it's <laughs> terrible for you. You ever hear of arteriosclerosis? <laughs> why, would you, why would you do that? You know it's but bad, I, and yet I you want still do it. And, eggs. <laughs> and I love the way I'll the dude just turns it around. Like, I want you know? chorizo and eggs. <laughs> yeah, it's all okay. I'll get it. I'll get it for you. Whatever you want. But right now, it's just coffee. You, you ever hear? Of, you ever, I just love John. You ever hear of this potato? All the it's a Leonese potato. It's kind of a kind of a yeah. kind of a yeah, dice. Yeah, fucking the potatoes. Smack <laughs> him! I was just like, "Oh my god!" John, uh, John, there are times where yeah, you under, you understand De Niro's uh, wanting to just strangle him. He's just oh, I know I can take much more of this, you know. <laughs> and it's I just I love that it all starts on the plane with him making it out like he can't. Uh, Who would we lose? Uh, no, we lost Justine again. Let me give her another invitation. Okay. Just go ahead and let her know I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna pass you. But go ahead, John. Continue. Yeah. No, it's just, it's great. Uh, you see De Niro, like you said, you see De Niro in a lot of comedies uh, since then. Now, and it, like, stuff like Meet the... It's just broader. When you see something like Meet the Fockers, it's much broader. What's great about this is he's... It's not broad at all. He's playing his usual character. It's just the circumstances that are funny. Yes. You know, he's not playing for laughs at all. It's and all... It's, that makes this... It, you know, it makes the stakes feel that much greater, you know. It's almost like um it's almost like the dark night where you happen to have this kind of almost a mob movie and Batman's dropped in the yeah. middle of it, but it's not necessarily a Batman movie. It's more yeah. like this cop thriller. You know, you have like a, you know, a maniac on the loose. It just happens that Batman is in it. Like the, I think that's what always yeah. made the dark night work and this is you're right. De Niro feels like he's one of his more serious roles. Not a completely humorless role, but, you know, he's a more serious character and he's dropped into this ridiculous situation. And Having uh, these two actors changes the whole his, movie. Yeah. Do we know what his first comedy was? De Niro? This might be it, actually. <laughs> his first might be it. real comedy would be this. Uh, you know, King of Comedy had some moments where he was being... But, but was, that's not really a comedy. But it's not really a comedy. It's a, very, a, it's a very dark yeah. comedy, I guess you could say. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is his first real comedy, I would say. You know? Like I said... It, rem- it works. It works. It works because you buy his character 100%. Yeah. You know? That's the thing. Both characters, you buy it 100%. It's not quite like 48 Hours or or, um, or uh, Beverly Hills Cop, which, which, you know, they feel a little unreal. They feel like they're being played a little broadly. This one, the threat feels very real. Dennis Farina, uh, Dennis Farina feels like a real threat, a real scumbag. Mm-hmm. He's going to do some awful things. The Charles Grodin, that whole thing mm-hmm. where he tells him, after I kill you, I'm going to go looking for your wife. You know, it's a real, 
the stakes are very high. So when there is humor, it's like a, it's like a, a escape valve for steam, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, um, it's a great combination of sort of like, uh, an uneasy situation with laughs. Uh, he's, uh, Serrano's got the discs. Serrano's got the discs. Yeah. I just sent Justina okay. a, a message there, uh, Patrick, if you want to check on her and see if she, okay. she was able to get the invitation. And, uh, yeah, Yafet Koto is wonderful with this. I think this might be one of the best things he's ever done because he really does play it like a slow burn all the way through. He's so good. Very believable. It's the reason the whole movie works is everybody's very believable. Whatever part they're playing, um, you completely buy it. Mm-hmm. And it's just so great, the whole thing with the sunglasses. And also the fact that all through the first half of the movie, every he's constantly flashing <laughs> his ID. And so people keep going, oh, that's your name too. Oh, how about that? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-oh, I hear Mario, just... Can you send another one? Yeah, I'll send one right away. So he gets angrier. He gets angrier to angrier. Every time somebody goes, well, he was using your ID. I think, hey, boss, I think he's got your ID. He's been using your uh, credentials. on the. Every time he stops for something, he's flashing your credentials. Are all of you guys named Mosley? (laughs) Yeah. She's unable to connect. Unable to connect. Okay, let's pause for uh, station identification, and we will be right back. All right, guys, we're back. Thank you for that uh, short pause. We had a little technical difficulty, but Jan- I was at Janine. Justine is back. Mm, how do you Janine. feel? How do you feel about it, Janine? <laughs> I'm all right. All right. Well, a little hurt. <laughs> we were just talking about how great Midnight Run is. Uh, one little thing that I like to that I noticed this time around after the scene where he convinces him to go to the house. And they, he sees his family again, and the, the, the ex-wife runs in the station wagon. Uh, I don't know if this is a choice. I'm sure this was just... But you see for a moment uh, a little bit of uh, De Niro's character's humanity because uh, Robert De Niro puts uh, Charles Grodin in the car, and his coat is hanging out of the coat out of the car, and De Niro just kind of fixes the coat very gingerly, fixes the coat. And I'm sure, I caught that. And I'm sure that, that, I'm sure yeah. that was accidental, but it gives you a little, it's like a nice little insight into, hey, maybe this guy's starting to soften up a little bit. You know, maybe he... Well, you, know, you can tell that they, they do, step-by-step, uh, step, he gets a little closer. They get a little bit where they can tolerate each other, and mm-hmm. he starts to feel for him, and he understands the risk he took taking that money and giving mm-hmm. it to the charity and all that. Yeah. I left a little bit of money. And I think, I think when Charles Grodin realizes it's the guy, you know, they, he realizes we're both, you know, we both had this trouble with the same guy. It's that Serrano is the same guy. It's the it's the guy that uh, got him booted off the Chicago uh, mm-hmm. horse, you know, for not for not being on the take. That's right. That's why at the end it feels very satisfying. That ending is really heartwarming, but it feels like it's earned because they've been through such a lot of crap and. He uh, he didn't know he had the money on him. It's like you said. Well, you've got to take it because you didn't know I had the money on me. You know. Yeah. And uh, it, so it's a it's one of those rare happy endings where it feels earned. That's right. Yeah. And I also love how when he turns around, he's already gone. You know, he's not sure. He's thinking maybe I'll give it back to him. He, he turns around and Charles Gordon's already gone. You know. I love it. It was a, this to me is a it's also a great it, that last line's also great where he can't get a cab you know he's all can you break a thousand he's all are you kidding he's all well i guess i'm walking <laughs> well even even when he's rich he's down on his luck a little bit uh yeah but uh, it just you, felt like a perfect ending you know it, it, it's very rare that these kind of movies give you a perfect ending these things go down 
John, they, these things go down. That's all I wanted to tell you. It felt, uh, it felt real and it felt earned, you know. These things, so, these things go down. He gets to uh, open his coffee shop. No one's, no one's going along with these things go down. Okay, uh, guys, let's rank it. John? Yeah. What do you give it? I give it a nine. Oh, there's a nine for you, huh? All right. This is this is one of my favorites. Yeah, I like it a lot. Justine. Eight. Ocho. Jake? I'll give this an eight and a half. Patrick? Mm, eight and a half. No tens, huh? Mario. No tens? Nobody gave it a ten, huh? How about you? Okay. I'm going to give it a nine. There you go. Uh, Patrick, what kept it from being a nine for you? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it was close. I think it was just borderline. Jake, how about you? Yeah, same thing. Like, it was like it was good, but it just, uh, my gut tells me it wasn't a ten. Hmm. Justine? What kept Why? It from, what kept it from being higher for you? I didn't laugh hard enough. Damn. I don't think it's something like I'll seek out to watch. If it's on, I may like put it on, but I'm not going to be like, okay, yeah, I want to go watch Midnight Run right now. Hmm. And I think that like the replayability, like, you know, there are those movies that like you want to watch, like, you know, once a year or once a month, like that, you know, for sure you're going to watch. Um, like those kind of things. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I hadn't seen this uh, probably since it came out, but I remember loving it, and it it really held up. All right. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right, guys. That's Midnight Run and a Fish Called Wanda. What's on tap for next week, Justine? Next week, we have They Live and Police Story 2. Oh, you guys are in for a treat. Police Story 2 (laughs) might be a little hard to find. If If you guys run into trouble, let me know. And we'll pull a we'll pull an audible at the end, but uh, I do have it. Uh, Police story two, Jackie Chan sequel to the smash hit Police Story, and then they live is a John Carpenter. Another we're returning to the world of John Carpenter in a movie which has suddenly found uh, found kind of uh, a second life uh, the last few years. Uh, it's always been something of a cult hit, but. More and more people are rediscovering the movie because of its message. So we're going to talk about yeah. that. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's for next week. They Live and uh, Toy Story 2. We're going to have some action. When comedy this week. Next week we'll have, uh, we'll have a little bit more action coming up. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Guys, are there any final thoughts on Midnight Run or A Fish Called Wanda? Anything you've thought of since we talked about it that needs to be brought up? No? Nothing? All right. No. Guys, Jake, uh, noticed that, did Jake notice that was a Danny Elfman soundtrack on Midnight Run? Oh, yeah. Did you notice that, Jake? Did you hmm? know, Jake, did you notice that that was a Danny Elfman soundtrack on Midnight Run? Uh, you know, it did stick out to me. I'm like, hey, there's something about this soundtrack. There was a there lot of go. horns. There was a it was very bluesy, but there was a lot of horns, which means one thing: Danny Elfman. Danny I didn't else. notice it at all. Mm-mm. I did. I noticed something. I'm like, I like. It the was not. 
It didn't necessarily it was not your typical. Music. It was not a typical Danny Elfman soundtrack, but I wondered. Yeah. I just wonder if you noticed it was him. Wow, good point, John. Good point. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. Thanks for joining us. Uh, next week again, we'll be back with uh, Police Story Two, and uh, they live, and we'll probably talk about some more uh, restaurants that aren't around anymore. What do you think of that? What do you guys think of that, huh? Oh, Puppin' Taco. Yeah. I want you guys to... Puppin' Taco right I want, now. I want you to research Puppin' Taco. I want you to research Noggles, everybody. That's your homework. So until <laughs> next week, for John, for Jake, for Justine, for Patrick, for... Uh, we got everybody. And for John Sandy, we say this transmission ends now. Fight the power. <laughs> <laughs>